Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm so glad to be. I'm so glad to be back with you again today, Pastor Mitch, with our Victory Church weekly podcasts, and uh, we have an opportunity to have an awesome day today. And you know what? I think I'm going to take the challenge. How about you? Uh, our life is uh, determined in a large way by what we choose to think about and the choices we um, that we make. So I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose Jesus. I'm going to choose the Word of God, and I'm going to choose to believe the best of every person in every circumstance. You know, when you when you live that way, it's amazing how uh, how things just sometimes seem to turn around. Uh, uh, Challenges come, challenges go, but God remains the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Hey, look, on the previous podcasts, I've been talking about um, uh, healing, belonging to us in Christ, the same sacrifice that that, uh, Jesus made for our sins on the cross when he died, when he rose from the dead, also made available to us the healing of our physical body. So we've been talking about that, and I I'm, I'm seeking to go into great detail about this uh, uh, because, as I say almost every time, there'll never be a time in your life that you don't need faith for healing, either for yourself or someone else. So that's the reason we need to keep our faith in God's Word built up at all times. So that's the reason I'm talking about uh, healing on these podcasts. It's going to take a number of weeks to to finish this, but we're going to get through this, and I believe uh, our faith will be stirred and will be helped. Um, everything we need from God is received by faith. Grace, again, as I've said so many times, is God. grace is God's hand outstretched to us, and in that hand is everything we need for our natural life and our spiritual life. And our faith is simply our hand reaching up to receive what God graciously offers us in Christ by grace. So uh, this week we've been talking specifically about uh, the levels of faith to receive healing. We've established that healing is the will of God. We've established that God actually made a covenant of healing uh, uh, with the, His Old Testament people when they came out of Egypt, Exodus 15, 26. We've established, as I said, that healing is is in the atonement of Christ. And now uh, this next phase of this is let's talk about how to practically receive the healing that Jesus has provided for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. So to do that, you receive by faith. To understand faith, there are different levels of faith. So in the past few podcasts, we've looked at great faith. We've looked at weak faith. We've looked at strong faith, as the New Testament talks about the different levels of faith, as it were. And uh, we've ex- examined the characteristics of each of these. Today, uh, there's another <clears throat> level of faith the New Testament talks about, and it is little faith. So what establishes what little faith is? Well, Jesus tells us about that. In Matthew chapter 6, here we are. Let's read it, 25 through 34, Matthew 6, New Living Translation. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink 
or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, Jesus said. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries, this is good, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Here's the clincher, verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow. He will certainly care for you. Why do you have, here it is, so little faith. So, verse 31, Jesus says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need i love that let me read that again seek the kingdom of god this is matthew 6 33 seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries today's trouble is enough for today that is so good thank you lord for sharing those things with us through uh, through the new testament writers matthew there matthew chapter 6 a person with a tendency to worry is looking at all of the negatives negative what ifs that life brings what if i lose my job what if I get in a wreck? What if I get, you know, years ago, coronavirus? What if the money doesn't can't come in? What if? What if? What if? When it comes to healing, some people play the what if game. What if the doctor says this or that? Or what if the illness is worse than they think? Or what if the medicine doesn't work? Or what if prayer goes unanswered? What if I die? You know, you can, listen, you can never win the what if game. If you play that game in your head, you're going to lose. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say this. Um, if the devil, he said this, and, and I heard this as a young man in my 20s. He said, if the, if the devil can keep you, if the enemy can keep you in the arena of thought, he will whip you and whip you badly. But if you can keep him in the arena of faith, you will overcome every test, every challenge, in every trial. And so I really like that. You can never win the what if game. So why play a game that you can't win? Okay. And uh, uh, the, um, the what if game is really a game of worry, right? So Jesus called worry, we just read it, little faith. And here we are again, um, Matthew 8, 23 through 26. Here's, here's Jesus. Here's another scenario where he talks about little faith, and Jesus got into the boat, started across the lake with his disciples. Verse 24 of Matthew 8, Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. So he got up, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. See, the cure for worry, or as Jesus calls it, little faith. So again, equate little faith with worry. So the cure for worry, the cure for little faith is controlling your thoughts, right? 
So, so you can't keep negative thoughts from coming in. We live in a negative atmosphere. The whole world is, is, uh, so, uh, is you know, encompassed with negativity. Uh, so you can't keep negative thoughts necessarily from coming in because of the negative atmosphere around, but you don't have to dwell on them. And I think it's Martin Luther that first said you can't keep a bird from flying over your head but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair. So likewise with thoughts. Thoughts come and go, but thoughts that are not verbalized die unborn. Let me say that again. Thoughts come and go. But if you don't verbalize your thoughts, don't put them into words. Words give them power. Words give your thoughts energy. A thought may come, but you know what? You can choose to dismiss that thought. And uh, I have practiced this over the decades of time. Um, in fact, I wrote a book a couple of years ago, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And I go into great exhaustive detail on the steps that I take to um, guard my mind and watch what I choose to think about. Again, you can't keep negative thoughts from coming in, but you can keep from dwelling on them. And that's what I choose to do. If you haven't, uh, if you want more information, uh, uh, change your mind to change your life. I think it's on my website. I think you can find it also on our uh, our website at churchvictorychurchraleigh.com or mitchhorton.com. Or you actually can go to Amazon and find my book, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. You can get hard copy or or um, uh, digital as well. So again, because I talk about how to how to control your thinking, you don't have to dwell on negative thoughts. And so little faith is uh, thoughts that are playing the what-if game with you. 1 Peter 5, 7, uh, New Living Translation, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. The Amplified Classic of that verse says this, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. See, I like that verse and amplified is very clear. You just don't no just don't piecemeal, you know, cast your cares. Every single thought that produces worry, you were to cast that or throw that on the Lord because he watches over us to help us in every area of life. And, and Jesus just like Jesus said, if God can take care of flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, clothe them beautifully. If God can take care of birds uh, who don't have the lifespan that humans have, but he takes care of them and they don't have a barn to store their food and they don't know what when they get up where their food's coming from, but God provides for them, then cannot God provide for us who are made in his image, made in his likeness, and made to have fellowship with him? Well, the answer is, of course he can. So again, uh, Philip's translation, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry over anything whatever. I love this. Tell God every detail of your need in earnest and thankful prayer. And what happens when you, when you tell God every detail of your need? The peace of God that transcends human understanding, it says, will keep a guard over your heart's and mind as they rest in Christ Jesus. I really love this verse. Let me tell you, uh, when I first got a hold of this verse, I've shared this before, it bears repeating. I, uh, my first really ministry job was at a large church in Oklahoma, and I was in charge of doing all the personal ministry for the pastor, so I did crisis uh, 
ministry when people had crisis that come up. A lot of uh, marriage counseling, uh, the number one pe problem people have when you have a local church and you're a pastor is they have issues with their marriages. So I had that. And then also I did when the pastor would marry people and I was the one responsible for doing the pre-marriage uh, ministry, pre-marriage counseling, I guess you'd call it. So anyway, um, when I first took that job, it was quite overwhelming to me. And I honestly, I'd gone to two Bible schools, but this is really the first time where the rubber met the road for me and really got into this kind of ministry on, in such a uh, in such a challenging way. And uh, there's a lot of responsibility. And I remember when I first, first took that job and uh, said, yes, I was actually on staff as one of the maintenance team and we cleaned the building and all that. But then the pastor said, well, I want, I'm, I'm going to give you a, uh, I feel like God's anointing's on your life, and I want you to come into a pastoral role. When I did that, I didn't feel adequately prepared or ready for that. I was just plunged into it. You know, sometimes the Lord will do that. You don't feel like you're ready for what's coming your way, but there it is. And you know what? You either say, I'm going to do it or I'm not. I took the plunge, decided, but boy, I felt that I was overwhelmed every day. And honestly, I would wake up every day thinking, Lord, I don't want to lose my job today. That's the first thought to come. I don't want to lose my job today by saying or doing the wrong thing because the pastor's entrusted, you know, ministry to these wonderful people in his church to me. And, oh, Lord, help me. So let me tell you how I dealt with it. Um, at the time, um, the church had just built that I, I was part of, I had just built a, a huge auditorium and they had just bought just many, many acres of land and such, and I think 81 acres or something. On the back of the property, there was, uh, they, they had taken, when they had built the building, they had taken the um, the uh, dirt uh, as they scraped to prepare for the building, and there was a big pile of dirt in the back, the topsoil, I guess you call it. And, uh, it, it, and it was way in the back of the property, right towards the edge. And I would get there early in the morning. I would get up early because I had a lot to do. So I became an early riser and got up and uh, went into my office and I read my Bible. Then I would go out to pray and I'd walk outside. Uh, hot or cold makes no difference. I went outside and I went back. I began to call that big mound of dirt Prayer Mountain. That's what it was for me because I'd go to the base of it behind where nobody could see me, nobody could hear me. And you know what? I found this scripture, Philippians uh, 4 verse 6 Phillips translation don't worry over anything whatever and I had a lot to worry about believe me so um, and, and then the next part tell so if you're not going to worry what are you going to do the next part tells you tell God every detail of your need in earnest and thankful prayer see casting your cares telling God what bothers you in my the minutest detail possible is the cure for controlling your thoughts and controlling worry thoughts that come. So Jesus said, take no anxious thought for your life. So if you're not going to take an anxious thought and worry, what are you going to do? Tell God every detail of your need. So I went behind that mound of dirt in the back of the property of the church I worked at. And man, I tell you, I mean, every detail, Lord, I've got to do this today. And I'm concerned that this may happen, this may happen, or that may happen. See, every nuance, every what if, I would take that what if to God. Say, Lord, what if this? What if this? What if? I ask you to take care of that. Work out the details of that. Or in this situation, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to prepare. So show me what to do. And see, I would just go in detail with every single thought that bothered me. So see, that's how you cast your cares, and that's how you deal with little faith that that wants to get over in that worry place and, and play the what-if game. 
How do, you, how do you deal with it? You tell God every detail of your need. So, so again, let me say this uh, as far as when it comes to prayer. Uh, I have these scriptures uh, memorized because you've got to know when you come to God. Number one, you've got to know he loves you. You've got to know he cares for you. You've got to know that he's for you, not against you. And see, my mind played traps on me telling me, telling me that I, I wasn't good enough. I didn't do enough. You know, I didn't read my Bible enough. I didn't pray enough. I didn't do this enough or that enough. And I finally just had to say, shut up, mind. And number one, you got to know that God loves you. To receive answers to prayer and have confidence that God hears you. Number one, you got to know that he loves you and he does and that he accepts you. Ephesians 1, go back and read the first few verses. We are accepted in the beloved. God has loved, he loves us. In fact, uh, if um, John chapter 17, verse 23, God loves us just as much as he loves his own son, Jesus. Um, Jesus said in John 16, 27, for the father himself loves you. Number one, be convinced that God loves you. And number two, because he loves you because you're his child, then go the next step and, and believe that he wants to hear and answer your prayer. The book of Proverbs says the prayer of the upright is his delight. God delights in hearing us pray and God delights in answering our prayers. And then believe that God actually answers prayer. You got to build your faith up in that. So if, if little faith is a worry thing, then build up your faith and answer in prayer first. Matthew 21, 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, Jesus said, you shall receive. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them, you'll have them. Uh, Luke 11, uh, what is it, 9 and 10, ask and it will be given. You seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. He that asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door is open. John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. John 16, 23 and 24, in that day, Jesus said, you will ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, Jesus talked to his disciples about the time he's leaving, the church age. Uh, up until now, you've not asked anything in my name. Then he said, ask and you will receive that your joy uh, may be full. There's no more positive assertion in the English language than you shall or you will. If Jesus said you will receive, that's it. Then 1 John 3, 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and because we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have concerning him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, see, I just quoted all that from my heart because it's in me. I've been doing this for decades. And see, that's, that's the foundation to receive answer to prayer. And that's the foundation to pray about all of the thoughts that come, all of the details that come into your mind, the what ifs that come. See, the baseline is God loves me. Secondly, he'll answer prayer. And then when you pray, God hears. And then when God hears, he answers. That's how you kick little faith out of your life. That's how you deal with worry. So when it comes to illness, see, see any, the moment a symptom, whatever it is, comes into your, 
into your body or, or you have a thought about this or that that, that uh, may be a problem. See, the what-if game occurs, immediately go to prayer. And uh, for me, uh, in fact, I just had something, an uh, issue this morning. Uh, I had a sensation about a certain area of my body. And I said, you know what, Lord, I don't know what that is, but I take authority over the origin of that discomfort that I sense, whatever it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you specifically, heal that whatever it is in Jesus' name. See, I start that way. I don't wait till it gets worse. I start right when it comes. And I expect God to hear and answer my prayer, and I ask him to heal me. So I'm standing in faith right now that God will completely heal and deliver me from whatever that thing is. And, uh, and you know what? Uh, one day, <laughs> it'll all be gone. That's the way believing prayer works, and it takes the place of little faith. You know, back in uh, uh, 2000, a personal anecdote, uh, 2004, uh, I've told this story, but let me repeat this part of it. Um, my appendix burst uh, mid-flight on the way to uh, in India. I was going to Calcutta and Nepal, Kathmandu, Kathmandu Nepal, and uh, I felt really bad. So anyway, I got to Atlanta, Georgia to board a uh, 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 long-haul flight to London, and then I go on to India. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't get on the plane. You've heard me share all this before, but here's the part I want you to hear. So, you know, uh, got off the plane, told somebody I've got some trouble, and uh, I fainted. They took me to triage at the airport, and then they rushed me to a local hospital in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And this was um, February 28th or 9th, uh, 2004. And uh, this was a Sunday, and uh, I got there, and they said, Mr. Horton, you're very, very sick. And here's what they said. Your, um, your appendixes have burst, and you, we have to do immediate emergency surgery because sepsis poison has filled your entire uh, abdominal cavity, and we must remove that right now and then deal with the sepsis, deal with the infection. And, and you know, I was in and out of consciousness, and I said, do whatever you got to do. Uh, I was by myself. My team went on to India. Uh, um, uh, I, I think somebody had me call my wife. I really don't remember. Susan flew in immediately and got there right after I'd had surgery and had gotten into a hospital room. And uh, so the next day, you know, I'm They've got me pretty drugged up on medications, and I was taking like five different intravenous antibiotics to try to fight the infection. A very serious situation. If it had been years ago before modern medicine, uh, I, you know, without God's intervention, I would not have made it. So it's a real serious kind of thing. It's a picture I want you to see. And so, and so I came back. The doctor came back to me and said, uh, uh, Mr. Horton, the um, surgery was successful, but, you know, we took uh, your, your appendix had already uh, dislocated itself and, and, and disjoined from your intestines and, um, and was just laying there in your body cavity and it looks carcinoidous or cancerous. And, and we've sent it to a lab for a test and it could be that uh, whatever that test indicates, if it that indicates cancer or whatever, we've got to actually open you up. And boy, when she said that, oh man, my mind went a thousand directions. That means they got to cut my whole abdomen open and lay me open and then do whatever and check me out thoroughly. So uh, she said, waiting on the results of the test. Y'all, I, I just have to tell you, the next few days, that was a Monday, and when she told me that Monday morning, and then Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, my biggest challenges were at night. Then I developed um, an elias. An elias is where your intestines just stop moving, 
And they're always moving. You always hear these noises in your belly. That's your intestines moving the food, uh, whatever, through your intestines and uh, digesting it for you. Well, if they stop, you got problems. And so they were feeding me, but my intestines are not working. I blew up like a balloon, and they told me I have an alias, and it's because of the infections in my abdomen. So again, I was on five antibiotics, but the night was the worst time. So I did Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, every night until she came back back to give me the results of the test. My mind hounded me. And I'd wake up 2 o'clock. Uh, I don't know why I remember things so specifically. I'd, I'd like wake up at 1.30, 2 o'clock, two, one time, 2.20. And, and my mind was just hounding me. They're going to have to cut you open. You got all kinds of cancer in your body, yada, yada, yada. And uh, my mind just would not leave me alone. And that, that little faith was trying to grasp me. And, and then I was on medications for pain, so I was a bit loopy anyway. But, you know, I get out of my, let me tell you what I did. I got out of my bed. Susan was asleep in a chair in the hospital room. And, of course, you know those gowns they put on you in the hospital. You, you know, you got to walk where nobody can see your backside because you're not covered up. I'm walking around my bed with, with tubes attached to me. Uh, and I had this little cart where the bags they're putting things into me intravenously were attached to, several bags of of, um, of uh, you know, medication and such. And, uh, and so I'm walking around the bed. You know what I did? I just quoted the promises of God, just the things I shared with you and other scripture and the scriptures on healing. And I just began to thank God because my mind was plaguing me. In fact, often your battles are severest at night. I got up out of bed and I said, you know, I refuse to allow these thoughts to rule me. And I spoke out loud what I believed. And I started thanking God for healing my physical body and thanking him that they would not have to cut me open and that I would not have to have. So I just worshiped and praised God for healing me. And I thanked him for the antibiotics working and, and helping drive out the, um, the really serious infection in my abdomen. And y'all, the, the end result, I mean, night after night, my darkest times were at night. I can't tell you the overwhelming emotions that were there, very dark very foreboding. And then there was a guy across the hall who was, uh, uh, he was, you know, I think he was kind of out of his mind. He was an older gentleman, but he would scream at night, get me out of here, get me out of here. And I said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. It was so bizarre. But, you know, God, I look back on that, and the Lord showed me that, you know, um, in your darkest moments when things seem to look the bleakest, you need to believe the promises of God and speak out loud what you believe. Cast your cares. Tell God every detail of your need. As I did that, night after night after night after night, uh, the, I would finally get in the bed and go back to sleep, wake up the next morning. And, of course, the thoughts would be there. But because I had dealt with them when they first came in the middle of the night, they weren't nearly as strong, and I was able to push them out. And you got to do that with yourself. So um, uh, I'm talking about little faith here and how you combat it with exercising faith in God's Word by telling God every detail of your need and refusing to worry. When you do that, I'm telling you, God does amazing things. The doctor eventually came back and told me, well, uh, all the tests come back negative, you're fine. And eventually the ileus ceased. My intestines began to work and everything. And here I am today. I lost 20 pounds in nine days. That's a really tough. Uh, but, you know, God was good and God came through. I see, I often think about that test that I went through. And I think about those dark moments. And, you know, you may be facing a dark moment in your life. And maybe maybe you got physical issues that seem not to uh, 
not to be moved and they're not going away. Act on God's word. Act on the promises of God. Pray in detail. Expect God to answer your prayers. Don't yield to the temptation of little faith, which wants to worry over every detail of what's going on. Tell God every detail and believe that he answers your prayers. You know what? You'll be amazing, amazed at how the Lord works things out for you. Lord, I pray for me and all of us as we really tool through life on a daily basis and as things come and go. Lord, help us help us to resist the tendencies towards little faith, the tendency to worry about every detail of things. And Lord, help us to take those details and tell you about them in believing prayer and expect you to answer. And Lord God, I give thanks for that for every person that is listening to this podcast today. In Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friend. Can't wait to talk to you the next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, If you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.